With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Welcome to episode 139 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast, brought to you in association with Sports Social, the UK's only dedicated sports podcast network, and also Fanatics. With pre-season over, pretty much. Um, it's time to, to look ahead on, on today's episode and look back a little bit on, on obviously what's happened during pre-season as well on and, and off the pitch um, and there's no, no better place to start really than, than the American tour to be honest we, we've obviously spoken about, about it briefly on the, uh, on the last show um, obviously didn't it didn't go particularly well on the field let's, let's be honest you know Everton didn't score a goal uh, we shipped shipped six goals, obviously two to Arsenal, and then an appalling four 0 defeat really against Minnesota uh, in in a game that that we looked we looked very very susceptible on the break and 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 for me you know quite poor defensively and offering very little in, in attack, which which is a concern obviously with the season now down the corner. Um, it is a massive 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 concern. I mean. We have said, obviously, on the previous show, you can't need too much into pre-season, but you would, you would like to see, obviously, new ideas coming in and, and the players putting those ideas into into action, which I don't think you really, you really saw. But, Lee, obviously, you know, you've you've looked at, at some of the footage. You, you saw some of the, some of the, uh, the game live against against Arsenal. And I, uh, I was just the only few who wanted to stay up until three in the morning to watch the uh, the Minnesota game, uh, which I'm never getting back. Uh, how do you feel after seeing those games, especially you know, taking Blackpool and, and Dynamo Kiev out of the equation? How do you feel after watching that tour in particular? Yeah, I mean, look, we've said this, like you said last week, pre-season is pre-season. It gives the manager a chance to, uh, yes, get the fitness up at the side, we said that, but also maybe just to, you know, look at an identity and, and, and trial in games that don't carry any weight, you know, different styles. It's clear 
Frank wants us to play, you know, his philosophy is, is to play, you know, attacking front foot, uh, high pressing football. Um, and he tried that. We all know he tried that when he first came in and he quickly realised that we haven't got the personnel to do that um, and then reverted to being obviously more defensive. And, and we, you know, we gave him kudos for that, for, for changing his philosophy uh, to try and get the results. And in the end, it, it just about worked out. But yeah, I, I still think he wants us to play that way. Uh, he said himself, didn't he, post-match, that you know he went back to a back five. He felt the team was more secure with that. Um, he tried the back four against Minnesota and, and, and we started the game well. Um, but like you just said there, you know, we just looked so susceptible to when we lost the ball out of possession uh, and the back four just didn't look like a unit at all, did it? Um, so that that's a little concern and it will be of a concern to him. Is, 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 he, look, it's pre-season and Adrian, he's got it, Bob on saying, look, he said himself, I've had pre-seasons where we've been hammered in pre-season, we haven't won a game. And then we've gone into the league and won the first four, four or five games. And I've had pre-seasons where we've won every game. And then, you know, you can't buy a result when the league starts. So he said, I've had both ends. So you can't, and yet you can't read too much into it. And he said himself, you know, they're a team pushing for the, the league on their side. They're obviously 21 games in, or they were 21 games in. They looked a lot fitter, sharper. That was always going to be the case. You know, you have to bear in mind that, it was, you know, really hot, humid conditions. They were lads were doing triple sessions in training, weren't they? And then playing a match, so the legs were going to go. Um, so, not trying to make excuses, but you know, Frank did say after the game, in particular the, the Minnesota one, saying that it has given him food for thought, um, and he was quite disappointed with the players collectively and individually. Um, you know, that is a kick up the backside. Um, for the for the lads, isn't it? And I'm glad in a way, even though obviously it was an adverse result, it, maybe it has given them that sort of like, hang on a minute, you know, the last season was tough. We're not going to suddenly walk into this season and suddenly suddenly be top top half. Um, and we clearly need to get bodies through the door, and and that's another thing. I'm hoping that's going to jolt it as well. And it's all come to the fore now, hasn't it? In terms of you know we're in a really tough position financially to be able to offer any sort of funds up front. We did talk about that on the last podcast. I think I read one tweet saying Everton are trying to sign players on Klarna, which is a great, great shout. Um, but, um, but yeah, yeah. Going back to your initial point. Yeah. It's, it's, it just doesn't seem to be any goals in this team at the minute. That's the biggest worry, isn't it? Um, obviously the midfields are worried as well, but there just doesn't seem to be any goals. We've said it all along. Dom's not going to, go past three or four and bang it in the top corner, is he? He needs service, he needs crosses, he needs movement around him, you know, he needs good deliveries and quality in the final third to, 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 to score goals like he did. Um, but I just wanted to see what you boys thought. You know, one of the biggest things for me, guys, is that take your mind back to this time two years ago. You know, we were bouncing into the season under Carlo Ancelotti with so much optimism, weren't we? You know, we had Luke, uh, sorry, um, James Rodriguez had signed in, we had Alan that had come in, we you know, we suddenly had this sort of like real optimism and it's turned from optimism to almost like like a real sort of negativity, hasn't it, in the space of two years and like fans' division, you know, lack of belief and it's kind of like a polar opposite to what it was two years ago, wasn't it? It's, yeah, it's massively, massively different and it's, you know, things have, have really changed and like you say, you look back to, to that pre-season under, under Carla when we had... Um, Hammers coming in, Alan, Decore, and you know, you, you thought we were turning turning a corner almost. Um, and we had a mind who you could you could attract certain levels of players and 
Um, it felt much different uh, than, than what it actually feels at this moment in time. And obviously, we know the situation we're in financially. Um, you know, there's other things going on around that, which we will discuss discuss that in the second part of, the, of today's show. Um, but, you know, we, it, you don't want to go into a season full of, full of doom and gloom. Um, there's a lot of negativity floating around again. We've said it before, you know, we seem to have lost that positivity that we, if you can say that, you know, or the relief which brought some some positivity at the back end of last season. And the togetherness, I think it's gone again. Um, you know, the fact the fan base is, is massively fractured, you know, even, even as bad as it was previously. Um, and there's a lot... Uh, you know, on the manager's plate, let's let's get it right. You know, he's he's going to want to bring more new players in. It's a struggle. We know that. Uh, we're not putting much money down up front. Um, so we've got time left in the window to sort that out. But it's got to be sorted sooner rather than later. To you know, to give the manager options and and bring about a bit more, a bit more positivity. Because obviously, again, we said we'd love to see players come in and start. You know, the whole pre-season. You know, new players bed them in. Unfortunately, we're not in a position and haven't been in a position to do that. Besides bringing in obviously one player at the uh, at the start of July, um, but Pete, I mean, going going back to America, you know, what what are you what are you taking from it? If anything, you know, um, is it any, any positive to be taken from it? I think it's, it's difficult, isn't it? After the Arsenal game, we all spoke about you know perspective, you know, pre-season being about getting getting the squad back together, trying out new ideas, as you say building fitness, you know, minutes in the legs, all of this. But then you look at the Minnesota result um, and how we played in that game and the goals we conceded. And you think, gosh, you know, first half, we've got a strong lineup lineup out there. It's hard not to be worried about that. Um, it's, it's really hard. And I, I, I found myself sort of tussling with it the other day, thinking what season was it where we got beat by that second string German side, Paderborn, was it 3-0? And I can remember panicking that year, thinking, "What's you know what's happened in this preseason, and mm. uh, you know we're we're going to fall apart, and we're not you know we're not ready." And we performed well. I can't remember how we finished that year. Um, so, so it's so hard. It's so hard not to read not to read into losses. I mean, I, I think there's a reasonable argument for it never being okay to lose four nil when you're Everton Football Club. You know, regardless of what happened last season. Um, um, you know, we shouldn't be losing 4-0 to Minnesota, regardless of how fit they are or how far into their season they are. Um, and like you say, hopefully new signings will be incoming, but how late into the window are they going to come? And then, if, you know, if we don't get a, a reasonable start, you know, if, if we lose, God forbid, you know, handful of games on the spin, we're in a very, very difficult position when those new players come in. So... It feels pretty precarious at the moment, and I, I think everyone there's just a bit of a sense of helplessness about it because we we don't really know what position we're in, exactly how much money we've got to spend. Um, I think in the back of my mind, I've I've got these fantasies that we're going to pull off, you know, some kind of late deal for um, for Brozier, uh, now that West Ham have um, sort of sunk their funds in, in, into that Italian forward, or you know maybe we'll still bring in you know Gallagher or a couple of loans, but. It feels like a tough time for for Everton right now. I think I think unity. One of the things that got us over the stretch last season was 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 the uh, was the unity, wasn't it, between the team 
and the fans and it was it was amazing to see and and especially at home you know it really carried us over the line i think frank you know has alluded to that and then it's key you know particularly at home again that we 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 build that sort of unity with the fan base um obviously we had the protests um the 27 years campaign got no issue with that if people want to you know got every right to campaign for for a better future we all want that for a better you know club what i would say about that and be interesting to see your boys thoughts on it is is it's a bit of a confused message at the minute um what are we campaigning against exactly i think you know whilst there are elements of it in terms of look we all agree the club needs to have world-class team on the pitch yes the club in order to get there the club needs world-class people in the boardroom isn't it and people to run the club i think we all agree with that you know, we want world-class people at the helm there, football people, who are business people who have been in these sort of positions, either in football or in, in business or whatever it may be. But I just think, you know, on that particular front, I think that they do need, you know, all, all that the casual fan will see, not an Everton fan that is, but other fans on Sky Sports turning that on will just see, why are Everton fans protesting in pre-season after losing to Minnesota? Yeah, I mean, they won't look into the depth of it, will they? They'll look into go, why are they protesting there? What's going on? It's only pretty. Yeah, I mean, so what we don't want is to have this thing around our neck going, Everton fans are campaigning again or protesting again. So I do think, you know, whilst I agree with some of the things that I've read that we've said, and as I said, they've got every right, I do feel that they do need to be joined up. They do need to have, I think, a singular spokesperson speaking on their behalf with a clear message. You know, whether that's someone that they elect internally, whether that's someone they put forward, I don't, I don't know. I don't mind. Um, I just think there needs to be more of a, a sort of a. I think more fans will then get on board with that um, if there is a, it, you know, a clear, a clear message, if you like, and a clear sort of like this is what we want. This is exactly what we feel the club's lacking. Um, and if we don't, we could quite soon. What Pete just alluded to there was just bang on. If we lose the first three games, say. And we're bottom of the table or something like that. You know, the rumours are Frank wasn't, albeit rumours, apparently not too happy. Go, what are we protesting about? You know, suddenly we could have a really split negative fan base again where it becomes toxic. And then that affects the players on the pitch. You know, it then affects the manager. Is the manager then suddenly under threat after the first, say, half a dozen dozen games because we've, we've had a bad start? You know, that's why unity, and like you just said there, Mike, the the positivity carrying over from last season, albeit in dire circumstances, it was a, you know, a positive. We need to carry that into this season because that will get the team over the line in matches. It did it last year and it, it should do hopefully next year. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, uh, this it's really, really tricky, isn't it? Because we, we all want better. I think that there's a, you know, definitely a consensus that everyone's on the same page in terms of what we actually want as a fan base in terms of wanting better. We can all probably agree that the way the club is being managed at boardroom level uh, has not been good. A lot a lot, and too many mistakes have been made, in my opinion. Um, people should be held accountable and questions asked of people. I totally agree with all that. Because, you know, the, the money which is being ploughed into the club for us to be where we were last season and, you know, where we've been, really, you know, we, we've not been knocking on the door of your for a, for a number of seasons, really. I know, obviously, Carlos, full season we did, but we fell away. Um, and, and for us, and for the money which is being ploughed in, that's not good enough. You know, some of the signings that have been made are not being good enough. 
And I understand all that because we're all massively, massively frustrated, angry. The fact that we aren't challenging as a football club at the right end of the table and obviously looking to try and win, win it, Sophie. That's that's what we all want, what we all strive for and what, what it's all about. Um, I'm concerned. I'm certainly concerned with the, the, the huge split in the fan base. Again, I always say that social media is not, you know, a true reflection of um, of the fan base. If we look at the the protest that that occurred, you know, last weekend, um, it wasn't attended by huge numbers. So the what you see on social media, you you think that everyone's, you know, a lot of people are of the same the same feeling. But when you look at the numbers you attended, you think, well, it doesn't really reflect what I'm seeing on social media. So that's also something which I think social media certainly uh, um, brings a louder voice to things. Um, but then there's a lot of dissent from fans who want change and, and want things to, to be to be better, but don't feel that maybe this is the, the correct way to go about it. Um, you know, they think maybe like you said, Lee, already, you know, the, the message needs to be that bit clearer. They need to elect maybe a, 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 a spokesperson, be a bit more transparent. Um, I'm not going down the road of, you know, naming names of people and things like that, but I think there needs to be a bit more structure to it. And, you know, with all, you know, in all fairness, they're trying to find the feet, of course. You know, it's it's still relatively new as an enterprise, if you can call it that. But I still feel that, there's a lot of work that needs to be done from their end to, to maybe get their message a little bit a little bit clearer. I do question the timing of the protest. I've got to be honest. I do question the timing. And the reason that I say that is, you know, we're already in a difficult position, which I know is one of the reasons why the protests have occurred in terms of trying to bring players in. But what what you know, what players are going to look at that and think, oh, I'll go to Everton, that looks like a, a quite a relaxed, calm club at this moment in time, a club that I, I'll, I can settle into, I can relax, play me football. People will look at that, players will look at them and think, I'm not going there. And maybe that's maybe that's me overthinking it, but I don't think it is. You know, I know me personally, if I looked at that, I think I don't want to go, I don't want to go there. You know, we, we already know what, what, what our fan base can be like at times and the toxicity. And I'm seeing it come back again. And that, that's a great that's a real concern. And I know the, the message is, you know, back the team sack the board that's that's the general the general message i don't but i don't think it's I don't think it's, it's as easy as that because these things always spill over and these things always get into players heads into managers and coaching staff's heads and that's my biggest concern i've got to be honest and it's not about slating anybody for believing what they believe and and taking action and i applaud people who who stand up for what they believe and you know we've all got our own opinions but I do question that time, and I don't know what what you two think about that. But that's the one thing. Yeah, I think that's a really good point that Mike about signings. You know, people who on they might be weighing up: shall I join them or them or them or you know, um, like a a Brozier maybe say or a Gibbs White or whatever. So yeah, it's it's a really it's a real it's a really good point that in in that respect we don't want to seem like a fractured club before the season even starts. And um, I don't know what you think, Pete. Do, do you agree with the, those points? Do, do you think it's look, everyone's got a right to protest, haven't they? I've got no problem with that. We all want a better club. We all want the same. You know, we want world class on and off the pitch, just like I said. But what's your thoughts? Yeah, I, th- I think it's ill timed. Like like Mike says, you know, we, we, we had that amazing momentum 
at the end of the season and the unity back amongst the fans. And it's it's a shame we can't take that into the start of the season when, again, the team still really, really need a similar level of, of unity and support from the fan base, don't they? We're, we're a club in a really difficult position and we're looking to rebuild. Uh, I, I think it's hard to do that when, like you say, Lee, you've, you've got a lot of anger that comes from a you know really understandable place, but has a lot of really quite confused points and messages. You know, it's really clear that some sections of of the fan base are unhappy, but it's not very clear, like we've discussed on previous podcasts, what it is the fans specifically want the club to do. Um, you know, it's it, it's all very vague, and I just think that makes it so unhelpful. Um, so I, yeah, I, th- I think improvements across the board. I think there's things that we as fans could be doing a bit better for the club and it's it's clear that um you know the the club i've got a lot of work to do as well but again we're not privy to what goes on behind the scenes are we and the, the full extent of things so i think all we can do as fans is, is is get behind them um until we've got reason not to yeah it's not just as simple as saying okay look we need better people maybe more qualified people to run the club it's not just as simple as Mashiri has taken on board. He has communicated with us a few times since he said he was going to do it more. You know, it's not just as simple, right? Get Mashiri and then guess what? We'll get somebody somebody else in and they'll run it like a dream. You know, I mean, it's, it's not a guarantee that whatsoever. You know, you've got to be careful what you wish for sometimes. You know, Mashiri's pumped a lot of his own money in. Yes, we can all see now that he's been too hands-on, too heavily involved, especially with the links with, you know, the agent with Keir Jurabshin and people like that, you know, that, They've almost like gone over the likes of Brands' head and people like who, who were clearly there to, to to make the decisions and running the club and signings. Um, you know, I, I'd, I'd I'd probably say people like Denise, who's come across from the charity side of the club, you know, Evans in the community, and by all accounts done a great job there. It's a very very different role than running a football club, isn't it? Where you're a global commercial entity compared to running a charity like Everton in the community, which is one of the best. Very different role, and you know. There's rumor, been rumours around now that she's been on the verge of going for a while. And, you know, if I'm being honest, I'd probably want someone in that role who's, you know, done that type of role before and, and, and you know, has clearly got, you know, the CV to be able to do it or, or certainly being at the higher end of, like, you know, uh, a corporation and, and being at the higher end of a global type corporation. Because let's be honest, that's what Everton Football Club are now. OK, we're, we're still miles behind a lot of others when it comes to that. But that role there is purely, you know, to run the football club and generate as much commercial revenue worldwide. You know, what I mean, not just in 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 L four, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's it's there to to literally generate and make us that commercial entity. And if I'm being honest, I don't think she's really fully qualified for that role. But you know, that's another discussion on another day. But I don't know whether you agree with that same point, Mike. It it all ties in, doesn't it? You know, in, in terms of. When we're talking about messages and being clear, I think that that's what we need more meat meat on the bone, really, in terms of you know each individual things. I know I know something came out on on Friday night in regards to you know reasons for for, for protesting, but I think you know it's got to be in that little bit more detail in terms of when you say about sat on the board. Well, okay, well, let's let's look at each board member individually. What why? Well, you know, whether it's Bill Kenwright, whether it's it's Denise Barrett Baxendale, whatever it might be, then let's let's look at it individually and, and have you know points points raised on each. Really, I think that that that's a better way to go about it. I don't, you know, I'm not I'm not 
I'm not sitting here defending anybody in, in any way, shape, or form. But I think just think we need a little bit more structure to things. And yeah, I don't I don't think you know she is really qualified to to take the role that she's taken. I think when obviously Robert Elstone went, it was more the fact that Robert Elstone went and, and people were happy that he had gone. So you, you maybe could have brought in Zippy from Rainbow and, and people would have been happy with that because it's just another name. You know, I don't I don't know. Um but it's yeah, it's it's something which has got to be you know, obviously got to be looked at. Um, whether whether the club were, were were concerned by what happened yesterday, I don't know. I know there was media down down there, um, and I know, I know there was Sky there, lo- local local media as well. So I, I don't know. I don't know whether the club were were too concerned by that. But I just don't want to go into the season, you know, on this on the back of so much negativity because we know we're in a, t- a difficult situation. Um, and we, we want to try and back the players as best we can. Frank Lampard's got a difficult, difficult situation. He's been dealt a difficult hand, and you know he he hasn't got a great deal of resources to call upon probably for the first the first few games of the season. To be honest, you know, and that's we, we've got to make sure that we're we're on top form come that first game of the season. Back in the players, given everything that we that we have, you know, like like Chelsea when Chelsea came to town last season. And we did what we did. We've got to do the same again because we've got to really pull the team so we can get a few more players through the door. We've really got to play our part. And I think on the backdrop of this, obviously, the the, the fans protest, the, the campaign which is going on, and this the you know what I see is as a as quite a big split in the fan base. I think it's gonna it's gonna be quite difficult, I think, maybe to to get fans back to that level of you know back in the team as, as we were doing. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. And, you know, let's say Denise went now, for example. They felt that, you know, she wasn't quite right for the role. She went and someone like, um, let's just say, like a David Dean came in. You know what I mean? He worked really successfully, for example, at Arsenal for all those years under Wenger. You know, as, as a club, then we go, right, that's a really good appointment, isn't it? You know, this guy was at the helm of one of the best teams that's ever played in the top flight of English football. You know what I mean? So suddenly you're thinking this guy's qualified. He knows how to run a club. He knows he knows what it takes. He knows how to, you know. So all of a sudden, then you, you look at look at City. It took them a good few years to get it right, didn't it? They didn't just rock in and then suddenly were challenging at the top end. Yes, they weren't as roller coaster as we are, and they weren't in a relegation battle. But you know, eventually, they, you know, the penny dropped with them and went right. We need to get these top people in behind the scenes here, and we need to get them, you know, basically who know how to run a football club. And ultimately, their end game, wasn't it, was to bring some of the ex-Barcelona over so they can eventually entice Pep. And that's what they did. And they eventually got their man. And now, you know, they've won four out of the last five leagues. You know what I mean? Which is incredible. So, you know, it's, you know, we need to sort of see those sort of strides that happen, you know, with a long-term feel to it. And just basically making intelligent decisions as a football club at the top. You know what I mean? Like I said, if they brought in like a, a I'm not saying it is David Dean, but you know what I mean? Someone that type of character. Um, who's clearly got the credentials and knows what they're doing? I think that would then appease fans that were kind of making intelligent decisions. Yeah, it, you know, we we will only know that when when and if and if it happens, um, that remains to be seen. Whether we we have you know this this campaign gathers further momentum and we, we start to get more more and more communication out of the club uh, from Farhad Mashiri again remains to be seen. Uh, most important thing for me though at the moment is, and like I said already, is is us backing the the players, the manager, the squad that we've got. 
Uh, no point sitting on Twitter, social media, moaning about the, you know, how woeful the squad is, etc. Which I've seen, I've seen countless times. Helps nobody. We've got to back them. We will get some players through the door before the transfer window closes, and and the aim is to come out of the window stronger than than how we entered it. Um, and you know, there's nothing nothing more important now than looking ahead to to that first game of the season against Chelsea, which is just just obviously around the corner. Um, and and that's what we're going to discuss after this short break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the second half of today's Unholy Jersey podcast. And it's, it's all eyes on the first game of the season. Uh, it's come round pretty quickly. You know, we think back to the end of last season, that, that defeat, the heavy defeat away at Arsenal, uh, when, as we've said countless times, the Everton players have been sinking for probably two or three days. Um, and we would just add that relief that we'd stayed in the Premier League a few days earlier against Crystal Palace. So it was, it was, the game was almost a write-off, but the new season's come round quickly, earlier than normal because of the uh, the Winter World Cup. And we're going to be back Goodison Park against against Chelsea. You know, we we think back to last season, how pivotal that game was, you know, uh, when we had that, that Richardson goal in, holding the flare, throwing the flare over the uh, the Gladys and and so on. Um, sorry, smoke bomb. People don't people like to distinguish between flares and smoke bombs are found out. Um, but it's um as first games of the season go, Pete, it's a massive first game of the season, isn't it? You know, look, looking at what Chelsea have done in the transfer window so far, they're gonna come back stronger. Um we've lost a player that, that won us the game last season. So as as first games go, it, it's gonna be a massively, massively important occasion, isn't it? It is, and, and maybe the the saving grace we've got is that we're at home, um, you know, and linking in with the previous section. I think as as fans, we've we've got to go into that game with a, a similar energy to um, to what we had at the end of last season because it's clear it helped the club and the players so much. Um, I, I think it's, it's a strange game. It's a strange time. I think both both for Chelsea and and Everton. Um, you know, of course, that, that they're not quite in the the type of situation that we are but that you know they've had an awful lot of instability maybe some similarities with 
um, things that have happened at sort of board level um, in terms of financial restrictions, uh, you know, some of their key players leaving or looking to leave uh, because there's you know, mass uncertainty around Chelsea as a club. And that's clearly already filtering through to the players in their pre-season. So I think they've won one game so far against Club America. Um, then they lose to Charlotte on penalties, lose to Arsenal um, at the time of recording uh, last night or this morning, 4-0. Um, you know, Tuchel's having a paddy and clearly isn't happy. So they seem to be really struggling, I think, with their you know, club unity. Uh, the squad, their mentality, and maybe the hope is that we're at home, we can try and get our house in order and maybe capitalise on playing them at what I hope will be at the right time and manage to get something from the game. But I think it'll be an intriguing one, you know, regardless of anyone that we bring in. Um, I think it'll be a, a, a bit of a strange game, really. Oh, yeah, hugely, hugely, you know. Um, as I said in, in the first part of the show, it's going to be down to us. Again, to, to make it a, you know, a really hostile atmosphere, um, one that Chelsea find it difficult to to play in. I know obviously they've they've made some some quality additions to their to their squad, um, but you know the Chelsea side that came last season were a very very good side as well, a very good manager. But we we show what we can what we can do on that particular day. Um, so we've we've got to do our utmost to, as I say, to make it really difficult for them to to play the football. Um, and that's to say from the terraces, the players have got to be on it, got to be intense, got to be in the faces, throwing the foot in, being physical. Um, and you've got to hope we've got, you know, our best eleven available, if you like, um, for for that game for us to 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 go in there with some some positivity. Um, important to start the game off. On a positive note, or the season should I say on a positive note, isn't it, Lee? You know, whether it's a win, whether it's a draw, we've got to, we've got to give us as fans something to to build upon and the team something something to build upon for over the next next few weeks. Yeah, totally agree. Um, <clears throat> they have they've lost some key players, didn't they? They lost certainly Rudiger at the back was a key player. Lost Christensen as well. Both the free transfers. Chelsea have always been known, haven't they? You know, ever since they've come into Munnings, that have been really solid, having a really solid. Uh, defence um, Tuchel was, when he first came in really made them I think they had a crazy run didn't they where they barely conceded a goal um, losing those two is key for them and they're trying to replace them obviously they've been in the link with the likes of Koulibaly and Kunde and people haven't they so it'd be interesting to see how, how, how they recruit and no doubt they'll want to get these players in themselves before the first game um, interesting obviously they brought the likes of Sterling in who I, I think will be a really good signing for them Regardless of what you think of Raheem, I still think he's a proven Premier League player. He's a good footballer. Yes, he can be a bit sort of wasteful at times, but you know, he will improve them, I think, and add more goals to the team. Um, it really will be interesting. Obviously, Lukaku's gone at a really indifferent time there. That was always going to happen. We, we knew that. Um, it, it will be an interesting game, like you said. You know, when we beat them in that really important game, that let's be honest, that was a game that that win kept us up, didn't it? So. Um, you know, we were all over them like a rash. The crowd, the crowd were up for it. Yes, we rode our luck at times, and obviously Pickford made one of the best saves ever, didn't he? In the Premier League, never mind of that season. Um, you know, that save again arguably kept us in the league. Um, so you know, um, yeah, it's it's, it's it, the crowd will be up for it. We all know that first game of the season. The key is is that we're competitive, isn't it? That we're, we you know we stay in the game. 
like we did in that on that particular day and when we caused them problems, which I think we will do. Um obviously you said no Richarlison. Uh sadly we move on from that now. Uh he caused them all sorts of problems that particular day. And the goal came from us just closing them down, didn't we? And just being being actually horrible to play against. Um so yeah, I mean we, there have been a, a few albeit very small murmurings. I know that Werner has stated he wants to um leave, potentially go back to Germany or certainly leave Chelsea. If we could nab someone like him, um, uh, who, who was at, you know had a, a fantastic goal scoring record in Germany, he's came to he come to Chelsea on a big price tag with a big reputation of scoring goals. Obviously, hasn't quite worked for him. Uh, he's a player I watch and just think, how many chances does this lad create in a game? Get in a game, his movement's exceptional. He just seems to miss, obviously, a lot of these chances, and that's his, that's the reputation. Sadly, he's built since he's come to Chelsea. If all of a sudden we could nab someone like him either on loan or or even a cut down fee or whatever, you know what I mean? Him playing off the left uh, with all that pace and, and and ability to cut in and ability to sort of find himself space in the box. I think Everton fans would love someone like him. And I know it's a big thing to ask, but don't get me wrong, he's he's, he's probably on big wages as well. But if, if we could get, you know nab someone like him through the door, can you imagine the lift that would give us as fans and even the players? You know, someone like him, uh, you know, German international, who, who instantly would give you a goal threat, wouldn't he, just by playing on that left-hand side? Yeah, we certainly, we certainly need more more goal threats, that's that's for sure. That's one thing, like we said earlier on the show, that during pre-season, we haven't looked particularly great. You know, options limited. We've already got, you know, Calvert-Loon and Demai Gray missing Mr. The Blackpool game, not on the squad as a precaution. Uh, it was said at the time, so... You know, when you start to lose one or two options, it shows you how threadbare we are in terms of people in a, in a, in, a, in attacking positions. You know, you got Rondon playing a game, Deli Ali's playing out of position, um, and you, you you then you know you you struggle then, and that's what we need to, to really address. That midfield area is really important, of course. But that's probably the key. Defensively, we'll probably go with what we've got. I would have thought maybe bringing one more uh, if someone else moves on. Uh, but we've got to address the attacking options and someone like a you know a team over there. I don't know whether that's an option. I don't know. Um, but there's, there's other players out there that we we've got to look to to maybe bring in who who are flexible, who are adaptable, who can play you know two or three positions in the attacking area because that's that's a big concern. Um, and in this in this kind of game against Chelsea, this is the kind of game where you you've really got to take your chances when they come. You know, we're not going to have 15, 20 shots. I wouldn't have thought it's going to be a case of being solid, you know, uh, being disciplined and, and you know, playing to, to whatever, whatever strengths you have to try and nab a, nab a goal on the day. And that's what that's what does, does concern me. But as we said already, time to address it, time to bring players in. I know the mind's just probably frustrated, as we all are, with the, with the lack of transfer activity. Um, but that's, that's, that's really key. Really key for me, but whether whether we get any any in before that that Chelsea game before kickoff, um, that remains remains to be seen. Um, but let's see, let's see how it goes. Difficult start, but we go in there with positivity. Um, we're in the league where we believe we should be, and we fought so hard to remain in, and we've got to show that we deserve to 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 be in the league and and look to push on as as much as we can. In the uh, in the new season, and that, that all starts against against Chelsea on Saturday. Um, 
So let's let's have our first round of addictions for the season, if we can. Pete, are you going to go to some park with uh, with hope and optimism? Um, <laughs> it's it's dwindling. It's there. I've, I've got the embers of of hope. If we can do a little bit of business, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure when I get there, first first game of the season, uh, you know, not being a good in a while, it will. Uh, it, it will ignite. Um, but yeah, despite that, I'm going to go for a nil-nil draw. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I think we, we've struggled to score. I think Chelsea have struggled to score a little bit. Both teams out of sorts. First game, uh, I think it'll be a tough nil-nil, I think. That's a classic Pete prediction, that. <laughs> nil-nil first game of the season. Brilliant. Lee, what are you saying? Are you going for a, a boring nil-nil? <laughs> No, it's really, really, really hard to predict, isn't it? Uh, because we we just don't know, you know, what levels of fitness players are coming in, what players are available, you know, signings, things like that. So it's it's really it's a real tricky one. Um, one thing you don't want to do first game, particularly at home, is lose. So um, I'm going to say I'm going to say one one. I'm going to say one one. I think there'll be a couple of goals, possibly more. I just think it'd be interesting to see what Frank does, like I said before earlier in the pod, whether he will have sort of the bottle really to try and play maybe four at the back, a four three three or whatever, and 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 see if the players can deal with that and still be solid, or whether he will possibly revert back to being tough to beat and then slowly but surely maybe bring in his philosophy. I think he needs to do the latter personally, um, and not just potentially go gung ho like we did when he first came. Well, not even gung-ho, but you know what I mean? Just play a bit more open, expansive football. And, you know, we saw what happened at someone like Spurs, for example, who just picked us off at ease, didn't they? Um, mm. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Um, but I'm just envious, just 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 quickly anyway, just you look at other teams, it would, it would say we weren't far off. The likes of Arsenal, for example, and Spurs, uh, to name, name, name two, they just... You know, if you're if you're one of their fans at the minute, they just seem to have signed for me pretty well and well, very well for me, I think. And and you know, just signing that player, not quite at world class level, but below that level, um, and just in, just generally just intelligent signings, isn't it? That will improve their team and will like you know, just the the squad just looks balanced. You know, and then you look at our our situation, we just think like oh, we just seem a million miles off that. And I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just. Trying to trying to see it as it say it as it is, Jeremy. You know I mean? Just we weren't far off these guys, and then now it just looks like it's just a bridge too far, doesn't it? Yeah, this this summer's been it's been difficult watching on, uh, and I hate comparing comparing us to other other teams, but you do see other sides strengthening um, a fair bit, doing quite a bit of business. Uh, like you say, sides that were in and around us that we weren't we weren't too far away from. Uh, but it's important not to be sort of dragged down by that because you know some of these sides that have have brought in quite a few players have also lost some key members of their, their squad as well to be able to really to really spend a, a lot of money. So it all depends on how their new signings bed in um, and how long it takes for them to bed in for to to have an impact. Um, but we've got to put out of our minds and and look you know we we'll look back on this window um, when we. When it's over and we can then assess to see how we come out of it stronger uh, and, and where that can take us this season. Uh, but I'm going to go, I'm going to agree with you, Lee. I think it'll be a one or draw. Uh, I'm hopeful that we get something from the game. Important that we do. Got to start the season off on, on some kind of 
positive footing. And I think I think getting something in the first game against a really good Chelsea side, who I think will be that little bit closer this season to the top two. I really do. Um, more time with with Tuchel, you know, more quality signings brought in. I think they'll be be pushing Man City and and our neighbours a little bit closer than they did last season. Um, so tough game, but I'm going to go for for a one-all draw. Um, and that is us. That is us for this week. Um, we will be back to look back on the Chelsea game. I won't be. I'll be sunning myself in, um, in Walt Disney World. I'll be watching the Chelsea game, hopefully, from uh, from some bar down uh, International Drive. So hopefully I can uh, I get the game get the game on. So lately I'll be doing the introductions, which will be fun. First time ever. My ghost and souls will not, will not done the introductions. So I look forward to hearing that from a distance. Um, understandably, if people want to switch off for that week again, I totally, I totally get it. Uh, but hold on, big, big, big shoes to fill. But me and Pete, and, uh, and no doubt, uh, a guest will be totally fine, won't you, mate? Yeah, well, listen, I look forward to it. It's been interesting for me to listen back to a, to a show that my voice isn't on, to be honest. So that'll be, be nice for the uh, for the flight home anyway to, to listen, listen back on that. But we'll be well, you're taking two weeks off, right? At the start of the season. You might be replaced by a Bosman when you get back, mate. Well, listen, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. You know, no, no issue with that. I'll, uh, I might said go, go on a free transfer somewhere else myself. Um, so let, let's see what happens. But we appreciate everyone who, who's tuned in today. Hopefully, you can catch us again after the Chelsea game. Hopefully, it's positive. Hopefully, we've got a, a couple more signings through the door as well over the next couple of weeks or so. So we will, uh, we'll catch you then. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.